It's a very important response that our Lord offers to the two disciples today uh, as they follow him and they look for him. Just to read it again, the, the two disciples heard what he said, what John said, and followed Jesus. And he turned and saw them following him and said to, and said to them, what are you looking for? And we don't want to hear that as like, what do you want? What do you want? It's not the way our Lord responds to us. But he does look deep into our hearts and he says, what is it that you are looking for? What is it that your heart desires? And I guess we can say it that way. <laughs> what are you doing here? It's helpful for us to consider that deeply in our own hearts. There can be all kinds of motives that uh, bring us to seek our Lord. Usually some sort of need, some sort of desire, something along those lines. And what's fascinating is that sort of in contrast, uh, at least apparent contrast with the first reading where Samuel sort of minding his own business, although he's in the temple, he's been offered already to God, minding his own business, and the, and the Lord out of nowhere calls him, Samuel, Samuel, here I am, okay, I've responded to you. Here it almost appears that these two disciples, Andrew, and presumably the other one is John, he never names himself in his own gospel. These two seem to be seeking Christ first. You've seen those um, the little magnets on the back of people's cars. It's, it's, all, it's, it's about the, the animal rescue ones. It says, who rescued who? It's meant to like flip the idea on its head. I want to rescue this dog or whoever, but really they were rescuing me. And here we have a sense of here are these two disciples who are seeking for Jesus, but the real question is, who is seeking who? Where did the grace come from, first and foremost, for them to turn and to even recognize the presence of the Christ? Was it of their own doing? It wasn't really of their own doing, at least not in the deepest levels of their hearts. It's the fact that Christ has been calling them from all of eternity. He knew what they were seeking. He knew what they would be seeking. He knew how he made them. He knew what they were going to desire. And he himself enters on the scene in order to fulfill those desires, the deepest desires of the human heart. Because isn't that what we're seeking? Whether it's in the good things of the world that God has made for us and, and that, that God has offered for us, whether it's in the seeking of virtue and, and seeking to do good and to avoid evil, or whether it really is in the deep context of the relationship that we have with God Most High, even, believe it or not, when we fall into the sins of the flesh, any sins actually, those are the ones that St. Paul mentions in the second reading today, the body's not for immorality, the one who sins, uh, the immoral person sins against his own body, he's talking about sins of the flesh. Every time anybody falls into sin, because they have sought a certain desire to fulfill a certain desire of their own heart, but they've sought to fulfill it in a way that is apart from God. That's, what, that's why sin is a lie. All that temptation says to us is the deepest desires of your heart are going to be fulfilled in this, in this, well, this finite thing, this imperfect thing, this thing that isn't going to be able to fill those desires. And so the one who sins is still seeking God, just in a place where God is not. And so it's those 
same desires on a deeper level that our Lord wants to fulfill. And so whether I'm actively seeking our Lord, like looking for Him really and truly to find that presence and to deepen my relationship with Him, or whether I find myself stuck in sin somewhere, the Lord looks at me in those moments and says, what is it that you're looking for? And will you come and follow me? What is it that your heart desires? Because that's what I want to fulfill. That's a good God that we have, isn't it? Someone who from the beginning of time, before the beginning of time, saw what he would create in us, precisely so that it could be fulfilled really and truly and authentically in him, to draw us to himself. And on an an even deeper level, what's more fascinating is that the disciples' response in the gospel today isn't, Lord, well, I'd really like to not have to worry about where my next meal is going to come from. We'd really like to have like a bigger house or something. We'd really like to find uh, a wife or something along those lines. They just look at him and say, Rabbi, where are you staying? I want to stay with you. I want to be with you because I know that if I stay with you, all of the deepest desires of my heart are going to be fulfilled. I know that if I stay with you, I'm not going to want on those deeper levels of my being. Okay, maybe, maybe there might be some difficulties here and there, although maybe they don't recognize it at this moment in their own conversion and following Christ and journey with him. But we do. We know that following Christ means not being able to fulfill all of the surface desires that exist in my life. But again, we know that those surface desires point to something deeper. Why is it that people tend to worry about where their next meal is going to come from? Maybe that's less of a modern issue, so to speak. I guess it depends on where you live, though, and what your life situation happens to be. But why is it that we have to think about those things? Need the, not just because the body needs food, okay, fine. Because we, but, be, but because we want to be, on the one hand, sustained physically, like we want to live, but also we want to be taken care of. And aren't those the two things that come from God himself? You know how our Lord says it in Matthew's Gospel, why do you worry? Why are you anxious about what you're to eat or what, you're to, what you are to wear? Your Heavenly Father knows you need all these things. And so seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. How beautiful is it for us that our Lord desires, desired, and did in fact become man to share in those needs. It's part of the natural limitation of the human nature, which our Lord took to himself in his humanity. And to experience all those same needs and desires in certain ways that that we do. And the path that he showed us to have those desires fulfilled was to follow the will of his heavenly Father. I only do, I only ever do what I see my Father doing. And so as the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. 
Love one another, therefore, as I have loved you, which is the same way that the Father has loved me. He invites us to stay with him, to remain grafted under the vine, to abide in him, to remain in him, is the language he uses at the Last Supper with the apostles. And it's meant to hearken back to this moment when Andrew and John said, where are you staying, Lord? Where are you, where are you remaining, Lord? It's the same word in Greek. Where are you being, Lord? I want to be there where you, where you are. It's the same language that the disciples use on the road to Emmaus as our Lord walks with them and they don't recognize him. Our Lord makes it appear as though he's going further. And they say, stay with us, Lord. With us, Lord. Remain with us. This desire, this mutual desire to be with our Lord constantly and continually. And the desire that he has to be with us constantly and continually. And praise God, he has remained with us. If only we remain with him. So St. Paul said it again. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you. He is there within you. He does remain within us. He's been given to us at our baptism. And he comes to us over and over and over, and he deepens, he deepens his presence within us as long as we open our hearts and desire to remain with him and recognize that all those things that we're looking for are fulfilled in him. So, so practically and concretely, we've all experienced moments where we haven't received enough physically, exteriorly, and we, we feel the want, the need in our own bodies. Because life throws at us circumstances like that. And rather than becoming agitated and anxious, falling into various kinds of sin, trying to fulfill those needs and desires, it's good that we look to our Lord and ask him to be our consolation and to be our hope and to be our fulfillment, to be the one who sustains us, the one who gives us life, you can even say with the good thief, Lord, I'm going to endure this as long as you ask me to, as long as you make it worth my while, as long as you fulfill the needs and desires of my heart, as long as you remember me when you come into your kingdom. Because I know that everything I need and desire is fulfilled in you. And so thanks be to God, he gives us a, another sign of that here in the Blessed Sacrament. He's been remaining here, a prisoner in the tabernacle for 2,000 years waiting for us, remaining here for us, inviting us to remain here with him. And so if you're not in the habit, for example, of taking a few minutes after Mass to give thanks, just to adore our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, I encourage that. If you're not in the habit of, of visiting him here in the Blessed Sacrament on a regular basis throughout the week, I encourage you to make that effort. If you're not in the habit of recognizing his presence in your heart, if you can't make it here, if you're not in the habit of taking that time to be with him there in the depths of your being because he loves you and he, and he lives there, I highly encourage that. Our Lord desires to fulfill those needs and desires of your heart. That's why he asks us to let go of all of the sins, all of the absurdities, and even to go, along, go, go so far as to fast and to give alms, to let go of those things that are legitimately good in our life. So he can show us just how much, just how deeply 
He wants to fulfill everything and to be our sustenance, our hope, and our life.